Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Praise God, man. Let me read a verse to you, and then uh, I'll let you sit down in just a second. Let me just read this passage to you. It's in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting at verse 1, and it says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. This is the Apostle Paul writing this. I came to you in weakness and with great fear and trembling, and my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. Let me, let me get this to you today. I, I really don't want this to be a message of wise and persuasive words. Instead, I want what Paul wants right here. It says, but I want with a de- demonstration of the Spirit's power. I really want the Holy Spirit to do the work today in hearts and lives. I want God to do something beyond anything that I can say, beyond anything I can do. I want God to to be able to start working through his Holy Spirit in your life. And as you feel it, as you sense it, that you would just say yes, that you would just respond and that you would just allow him to do what he wants to do in you so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. All over the room and even online, wherever you are today, would you pray with me as we just ask God to do what he wants to do in our hearts and lives. God, we just give you today. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the good things that you're doing and, and uh, the work that, you're, you're, you're already, that you've already done in the services, God, last night and this morning, God, and what you're doing in the 1035 service in person and online. God in heaven, I pray for each and every person individually, God, that they would just say yes to you, that they would be open to your spirit's work in them. Thank you, oh God. For this opportunity. Thank you for Resurrection Day. Thank you for Easter. Thank you that death was not held, death could not hold Jesus. The grave couldn't hold Jesus. Sin couldn't hold Jesus. Instead, he resurrected the grave. We give you praise. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Hey, let's give our worship team one more round of applause. Praise God. You may be seated. You may be seated. Have you ever uh, wished in life that you could get a redo? Has there ever been a time in your life that you, you would say, man, looking back, that was the moment in my life when I wish I could have gotten a redo? Maybe it was something you said. Maybe it was something you did. Whatever the case may be, you just wish, man, I wish I could take that back. Wish I could turn that time back and just do that over again. I think all of us, including myself, would say that There's been times in our lives when we've wanted a redo. I want you to watch this interaction between Jesus and Peter, and I want you to see the redo that he would be wishing for if he could turn it back, turn back time. Let's watch this together. Grace is God's undeserved favor for us. It's his crazy love. And if you find yourself struggling to figure out what's God's grace, don't sweat it. Even the disciples, they didn't even understand God's grace. Hey, it's really you. This is crazy. Uh, funny story. 
I'm out here fishing with the guys. You know, you know some of the guys, right? We're out here fishing, having a good time. Well, we weren't really catching any fish. Actually, what all we caught was just a weird craving for fish croquetas, ironically from El Floridita, which that was a whole other debate in and of itself, right? Andrew said this, whatever, I'm getting super off topic. But anyway, we're out here, haven't caught a single thing, super tired, a little grumpy, and then we hear somebody call out to us. And Andrew, you know Andrew, you know how Andrew could be, right? Yeah, yeah, you know Andrew. He's like, hey, ¿qué pasa aquí? And then finally the voice says, hey, throw the nets on the other side. And then Thomas, he's like, and I'm like, hey, 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 guys, relax. We haven't caught a single thing. Let's throw the nest to the other side. What's the worst thing that can happen, right? And then immediately, boom, catch the most fish I've probably caught in my entire life. And I'm thinking, wait a second, hey, who is this guy? How does he know this stuff? And what do you know? It's you. It really is you. That makes so much sense. Hey, guys, come on. It's really him. Yeah, come on. Come on, guys. He's really here. Come on. Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? Of course I do. Yeah. Dude, feed my sheep. Hey, dude, why are you taking selfies with the fish? You literally didn't catch any of that. We didn't catch a single thing till Jesus got here. Come on, get over here, seriously. Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? Of course I do. Come on. Then feed my sheep. Dude, seriously, we don't have all day. Come on. What are you guys doing over there? Come on. Seriously, let's go. Come on. Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? Of course I do. You know that I love you. I love you more than anything. Why do you keep on asking me this? Peter, do you remember that time where the ladies went to the tomb? Yeah, of course I do. What happened that night? I remember being in the upper room with some of the guys, and nobody said a single word. We had no idea what to do. We thought, we thought you were gone, and... Man. And suddenly we're just standing there in silence and see Mary running towards us at a far distance. And it sounds like she's yelling, be high, be high, be high. I remember thinking to myself, what in the world is going on right now? I'm, I'm mourning your loss, like no one's saying a word. And Mary is in a full sprint toward us screaming, be high. It was just... So weird now looking back at it, but as she got closer, I began to hear her a little bit more clearly. She wasn't saying beehive. She was saying, he lied. He alive. He's alive is what she was saying. And when I heard that, and my heart just stopped. I didn't say a single word. And finally, someone yells, who's alive? And man, I was like, my heart dropped to my stomach because inside I, I thought she was talking about you, but she didn't. Never, she never said your name. And so when someone asked this question, it felt like an eternity from that time till that person asked that question. And when she responded and when she finally said, Jesus, man, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And. Mary finally gets to us, and we're like, what, what, what are you talking about? How did this happen? And, and she's like, the tomb, it's empty. There's no one there. And she tells us that she sees this angel, and he was there. And he tells her, go tell the disciples and Peter, everything is okay. He is risen. And P and John look at each other, and we just sprint down to the tomb. And we get there, we look inside, and what do you know? It's empty. 
And I'm just, I'm still in disbelief. I'm still trying to process all of this stuff that's going on. And I look at John and I say, what does this mean? And I remember John says, Peter, this is exactly what Jesus was talking about. And in that moment, just like that, it all hit me. I finally realized what you were talking about. And man, it's so great to see you again. It really is. What did he say again? He said, go tell the disciples and Peter, everything is okay. He is risen. And he was right. Here you are. You are risen. Wait. Repeat that again. What did he say? Jesus, I just told you. He said, go tell the disciples and... He said... Go tell the disciples and Peter. Why did he mention my name? Why, why would you tell him to mention my name specifically? Peter, that's grace. No. I don't deserve, I don't deserve grace, Jesus. I betrayed you. I, I, I talked up such a big game that I would always have your back and, and I would never leave you, never deny you and... That night, I denied you three times. Three times. I'm a phony. I'm a fraud. Don't, I don't deserve grace, Jesus. What I deserve, Peter, what I did on that cross was to make the unforgivable forgivable. That's my grace. It's not about you. It's always about me. That's grace, Peter. I forgive you. Now go feed my sheep. Amen. 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 Peter was crazy. In one moment, he's saying things like, I'll die with you, Jesus. Even if all these other jokers turn their back on you, I'll never turn my back on you. And then the very next moment, like... He, Jesus says, join me and pray with me. Stay here and, and keep watch while I go and pray. And, and what's he do? He falls asleep. He's, he's sleeping on the job right when Peter, Jesus needs him most. And the next moment, Jesus is about to get arrested and Peter pulls out a sword and he cuts off this ear of the servant of one of the men that came to arrest him. This is, this is the kind of crazy up and down Peter that, that we're dealing with. In the very next moment, he's saying, I don't even know the man. I don't know who he is you're talking about when he's being accused of knowing Jesus. So what's he do? Peter goes back to his boat. Peter goes back to his roots. He goes back to, to what he knows and what he knows well. He goes back to fishing for fish. He's all but given up on fishing for men. Even though Jesus had done all of these miracles and even used Peter to be a part of those miracles. I mean, that feeding of the 5,000, Peter was a part of that. Peter was a part of the distribution, and he saw the hand of God work through him, through his own hands. And yet, he had turned his back on Jesus. Peter, the disciple of Jesus, says, I, I let Jesus down, and he goes back to what he knows. He goes back to his old ways. He goes back to his old roots. He goes back to fishing. But Jesus doesn't let him off the hook. 
Jesus doesn't leave him there. In fact, when Jesus resurrects from the grave and he knows where Peter is, he goes and he finds Peter. He goes to the shore where Peter was fishing within an earshot, within a voice to be able to call out. And I think that Jesus went to the shore specifically for Peter that day. I think that he went mainly because he wanted to have a conversation with Peter. No other reason was besides just to go and interact with Peter. So, this morning, if, if you're taking notes, and I didn't give you a worship guide, typically we give worship guides, but on Easter we don't. Typically, you would have these fill-in-the-blanks, but there's just one fill-in-the-blank, and you can fill it into the blank in between your ears if you have a blank there. Here's the blank I want you to get. I want you to understand the concept. That wasn't an insult, by the way. I apologize. It's been a long weekend, all right? Uh, the, the, the concept that I want you to get today is the concept of grace, G-R-A-C-E. I want you to understand what grace is. If you don't understand anything else today, I want you to get what grace is, what it is for you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is the gift. That, that word gift is a key word in this verse. It's not by works. It's not something you earned. The gospel is all about the fact that it is by grace that you are saved. It is the gift of God, not by works, not because you read the Bible, not because you give to the church, not even because you come to church. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. I want you to understand what grace is. Peter understood what grace was that day. After denying Jesus, Peter figured out what grace was that day. The first thing I want you to get is, is that grace is powerful. Grace is powerful. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, what you've said, or who you've said it to, your past is not more powerful than the grace of God. Do you understand that? Let me say it one more time. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, what you've said, or who you've said it to, your past is not more powerful than the grace of God. The grace of God can overcome any obstacle, any situation, anything in your past. The grace of God is powerful. Amen? amen. Peter found that. Amen. Amen. Yeah, let's give God praise. <laughs> Peter found that on the shore that day. He, was, he said he was willing to die, but instead he denied he thought he could, he, could, he could fight for Jesus, and yet he turned his back on Jesus. And yet that, that resurrection day, he goes to where Peter is, and he meets him on the shore. He goes to right where Peter was, and he connects with him. That's the grace of God. That's the power of the grace of God. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All are justified freely, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Oftentimes we quote Romans chapter 3, 23, and we talk a lot about the fact that all have sinned, and that's important to know. In the gospel, you have to know that everybody in the room, including this guy, all of us have sinned and fallen short. Nobody measures up. The measure is, is, is the base is Jesus. Jesus was the only sinless person that ever lived. And everybody else in the room, everybody else in the world have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If this is the measurement... You're here. I'm here. We've missed the mark. 
all have fallen short. But it says all are justified freely by his grace. Justified as if, just as if I, that's what justified means. Just as if I did not sin because of grace, because of what Jesus did on the cross, we are justified freely through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. What's redemption? What was that redemption? It was the price paid on the cross. It was the sacrifice that Jesus made for your sins and mine. That's grace, and that's the power of God's grace. The second thing that I want you to get is grace is personal. Grace is personal. Every one of us has been in the boat. Every single one of us has been in the boat. It, it could be the boat of denial, sin, shame, guilt. You fill in the blank. You fill in your boat. You know what your boat is. You know what the thing is that you have been riding around in. But every single one of us have a boat. Every single one of us have this place in our life where we have been kind of on our own, just kind of going through life, rowing through life, and God is on the shore calling our name. You, you know, the same Savior that was on the shore for Peter is the same Savior that is calling your name today. He's the same Savior that's speaking into your heart today and saying, why don't you come back to me? Why don't you surrender that thing to me? Give me your shame. Give me your brokenness. Give me your boat and come to me. The grace of God is powerful and it's personal. Why do you say it's personal? Well, we saw it in the skit, but I want, I want you to see it on the, uh, in the scripture as well. Mark 16, verse 6 says, don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene. So this is this was like this, this part in which the angel shows up and they're, they're, they see him. And, and they said, you're looking for Jesus who is crucified. He has risen. This is Easter Sunday. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter. I want you to get the key thought from this passage right here. I want you to get this, this very part right here about the eighth word there, seventh word. But go tell his disciples and Peter. Why does that matter? Here's why. Here's why I think that matters. Like, Peter was a disciple. Why, why did you have to say that? Why did you have to do that? Well, because the grace of God is personal. And it was personal for Peter when Peter needed it most. It was personal because Peter had denied Christ. He went on his boat and he wanted to just like literally wallow in the shame. And Jesus wouldn't leave him there. Let me, let me fill in the blank a little bit. This verse says, go tell his disciples and Peter. But I think we could kind of take, take some liberty to say, go tell his disciples and Stephen. Go tell his disciples and Javi. Go tell his disciples and Julie, Rosie, Ricky, Junior, Lisa. I think this verse is saying, go tell his disciples and you that Jesus is risen. I think that this idea is, is that Jesus came and the grace of God is not only powerful, but it's personal for each and every single one of you. Like Peter, I've given God plenty of reasons why I'm not worth his time, his love, and definitely not his sacrifice. I'm reminded what Paul said, though. I'm reminded what Paul the Apostle says in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And it says this, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That grace that we're talking about, that powerful grace, that personal grace, it's made perfect in your weakness. Peter, even when you deny me, that's when he can show off his strength. 
that's when he can really reveal his grace in your life. So if you're in that place, if you're in that boat today, I need you to experience the personal grace of God for you. I have some friends this morning, and as our musicians are going to make their way back up on stage, we're also going to uh, turn our eyes to the screen for just a few minutes as we hear and see some testimonies from some people that experience the personal grace of God. Let's watch this together. At the beginning of the year of 2021, after nine years of being a senior pastor of a church and 20 years of being a co-founder of a substance abuse program, I was automatically removed. That started the problem in my life. A couple months later, my health got worse. And to top it all off, I lost my marriage. Thinking that I lost everything. After months of resentment, blaming others, I noticed I was the problem. I started to forgive all those I hurt and those that hurted me. I started to receive healing and restoration in my life. I started attending Renew Church, where today I have seen the hands of God move, and what I lost, he started to give back to me. My health has been restored. I got closer to God, and today I give the glory because the Lord has been there always with me. This morning, I give thanks to the Lord because he put me back into ministry. I'm serving as the recovery coordinator for Hope Center here in Miami. And today, I have been restored. I wasn't born into a Christian family. I wasn't even born into a stable family. I was taken away from my birth parents and put into foster care. At the age of six, I was adopted by my grandma, and she's the reason I found out who God is. She was invited by a church member to come to a Sunday service, and we went. And from there on, we went for years. But unfortunately, she passed away when I was in the sixth grade. That's when things started to get hard. I felt like my life was falling apart, and it was. But at the same time, God was putting my story together. I just didn't know it yet. I was adopted by a family who just showers me with love, acceptance, support, and helps me grow in my faith. I fell into a bad depression when I was a freshman in high school. I thought my life wasn't worth it. I thought everyone's life would just be better without me. I thought I was an inconvenience to everyone. I wasn't planning to make it to my high school graduation or even making it past the age of 20, but through God's grace, I made it. And it was all because God was helping me fight these battles. He put the most amazing people in my life at my weakest times. He showed me that I was wanted, that I was a child of God, and that I was loved. I have been saved by the grace of God. My story of struggle and redemption might be familiar to many. I am a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. My addiction went on for about 30 years. I felt I could stop at any time. 
until I didn't. So many times I would ask God for help, strength, knowing full and well that I was lying to him. One night I had a moment of clarity. I prayed to God for his help to lift me out of the mess that I was living. And do you know what? He did. I got myself home and spoke to my wife to get checked into rehab center. I truly believe that God put my wife in my life to guide me. The process has been slow and steady. I had a lot of fences that needed to be mended, anger issues that needed to work out. In this process, my son brought me and my family to attend Renew Church, where I have found a relationship with God, peace and clarity in my life. Thank you, God, for giving me a renewed life a beautiful family, and an amazing church family. I'm here to tell you today that I have been saved by the grace of God. If it wasn't for him, I was walking down a very, very dark road, and I asked for his help, and he gave it to me. I am saved. Will y'all stand with us? Come on. Now I'm alive to tell the story How I've overcome It's His goodness and mercy And the power of His blood And I'm so glad that my freedom Wasn't based on what I've done But His goodness and mercy His goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. His goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. Well, let's give God praise. Amen. What a word, amen. What a word by these, our, our family, our friends of Renew Church, restored, loved, saved, powerful, powerful words, new names, new creations in Christ. The old is gone and the new is here. I, I love Carlos's testimony. I love his story. And, and uh, I, I kind of joked a little bit about it in the first service that that, you know, Carlos was a guy that would come and he would sit right there in this second row oftentimes. And whenever it was time for an invitation, he was one of those guys that I could count on. He was going to say yes to Jesus every time. It was awesome. It was awesome. Maybe some of y'all need to follow suit with this guy. But sometimes I was like, Carlos, bro, you're saved, brother. You don't even have to raise your hand anymore. You got this. And for that to be your word, I love it. I love it because that is who you are, man. You are new. God has saved you. You are transformed, and you are a new creation. Amen. What's your name? What's your name? Who, who are you in Christ? Can you say, I'm saved, loved, restored? Can you experience what it is that God wants to do in you? Or are you still in your boat? 
Are you still in that place where you're broken and ashamed and feeling like I did, I did too much wrong for God to forgive? Let me remind you, the grace of God is powerful. The grace of God is personal. And here's the last point. The grace of God is pivotal. This is the last point. If you're taking notes, I know I'm preaching while you stand up, but you're okay. It's only a minute or two. The grace of God is pivotal. In other words, what do you mean by that? I mean, it's like this pivotal moment in your life where you got to pivot. you got to make a decision. It's your turn to decide, are you going to do this? Are you going to come to the shore? It's pivotal, and it's your decision. God doesn't make it for you. He doesn't decide for you. You decide for yourself. Am I going to accept Jesus as my personal Savior? Am I going to allow God to give me a brand new name? Last week we were in a series called Forgiveness University. And last week we, we read of this scripture, 2 Corinthians 7.10. that says, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation that leaves no regret. Let me say that again. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation that leaves no regret. There's nothing left. There's no regret. But worldly sorrow, it brings death. That's what the Apostle Paul says. Worldly sorrow, it brings death. I want you to experience this godly sorrow, this, this moment in your life where God says something to you and you say something back. When God speaks to you and you speak back. When, when God calls of you and you say yes. When you raise your hand and you answer to God, God, what is it that you're doing? What do you want to do in me? I say yes to you. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. It leads to a turning from your ways. It leads to saying, God, not only am I sorry, not like my, my 11-year-old that sometimes says, you know, sister, I'm sorry to her older sister, and then does the same thing again. No, this is, this is a repentance where it's like, I'm sorry, and I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to keep on messing with your stuff every time, you know, you tell me not to. I'm sorry, and I'm repenting. It leads to salvation. It's saving and it leaves no regrets. There's no regrets. That's what the Apostle Paul says. But there's the opposite. It's worldly sorrow. And it's just like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is my life. My life's sorry. I'm in my boat and I'm staying there. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in a sorry little rowboat. And all the while, God's on the shore. Jesus is on the shore and he's calling you by name. He's saying, come to me. Step out of the boat. Run to me. I, I, I'm, I'm calling you. Go tell his disciples and you. Come to me. No matter what you've done, where you've been, the grace of God is powerful. The grace of God is personal. And the grace of God is pivotal. Will you say yes to him today? Will you respond to the grace of God today? Let me tell you something. You respond either way. You might say, uh, I'm not going to say yes to this. Then you responded. You understand that. You respond by saying no. You respond by staying still. You respond by staying in your boat. And the grace of God is calling you today, Easter Sunday, 2022, for a specific purpose, for a specific reason. The Savior on the shore is calling each and every single one of you. For John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, you know what whosoever is? Whosoever is you. You fill in the blank, your name, that whoever believes in him, they would not perish, but that they would have everlasting life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? If God's speaking to you this morning, if God's calling on you this morning, I, I just, I won't waste a lot of time on this part, but I, I just want to 
say if God's speaking to you, if the Holy Spirit's doing something in you that we talked about earlier in the service, if you sense the grace of God working in your life, you need to respond. You need to say yes. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus and ask him to come into your life, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus and ask him to forgive you, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus and allow him to be your Lord and Savior, to experience the fullness of his grace, with nobody looking around, just with your heads bowed between you and God, would you just lift your hand right where you're at and just say yes? Would you just say yes right where you're at? I see your hand. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, let's give God praise. Praise God. I see your hands. Everybody, everybody heads up for just a minute. I know I asked you to bow your heads. I'm going to ask you to lift your heads back up. I'm going to ask you to do something that I don't typically do, but I'm going to ask you to be bold. This message is all about the shore, and it's, it's titled On the Shore, and how Peter came to the shore. He left the boat, and he came on the shore. And I want you to imagine that you're in your boats right where you're at, right where you sit. And I want you to imagine the fact that that boat is a place where you're, you're living in that, 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 that sense of guilt, shame, your past, your, your brokenness, your sin, whatever that thing is. And, and Jesus is right there on the shore, right here on the shore, and he's calling you out. And he's saying, come, come, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay in the boat or are you going to come out? If God is calling you, if God is speaking to you, even as the musicians play, even as everybody else is looking at you or wondering, who cares what anybody says? If God's speaking to you today, I want you to step out of your seat. I don't care if you have to move around a little bit and adjust to get around the rows. I want you to step forward and take this step to come out of your boat and come to the shore. Would you do that right now? Come on, come on. Come on, if that's you today, let's go. Let's go. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Come on, let's give God praise for what he's doing. Amen, amen. Amen. Praise God, praise God. Anybody else? Come on. Anybody else? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God, brother. Praise God. Hey. Somebody wants to do it right now. I know it. I, I feel it. Somebody's grabbing the front of the chair and they're like, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. I want you to look to your right or your left, the person you came with, and say, if you want, if, if you, you want me to, I'll go with you. Just offer right now. Look to your right. Look to your left. Don't look at, don't look at me. Look to your right or left. You say, do you want to go? And I'll go with you. Come on. Let's go. Help somebody take the step to get out of their boat. Let's go right now. Let's go. Come all the way to the shore. Let's go. Let's go. Come all the way to the shore. If God's calling you, come all the way to the shore. Come on. Praise God. Come on. There's room. There's room. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God, man. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. 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 Now we're going to, yeah, now, well, that was a big boat. That was a big boat. Now we're having, amen, now we're having a beach party. We were on a boat in our own sin and shame, but now we're having a beach party, amen. Will you guys pray with me? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes, family and those that are making decisions here and now? This is this declaration 
This is that prayer. This is that opportunity for you to just pray this prayer. And you can pray this prayer whether you're in your seats or right up here up front. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. If you want to accept Jesus and experience the fullness of his grace, the power of his grace, the personality of the person of his grace, and the, the pivotal movement, if you want to experience that here and now, today's the day. This is the moment. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I've sinned, that I've made mistakes. I pray you forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Make me brand new. Today, I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Stay here. Stay, 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 stay. Stay one moment. Family, listen, if you're on the shore today, if you made a decision, please don't leave without making sure you take steps. Talk to somebody. Talk to me. Go to the Next Steps tent. Grab one of these New Believers Bibles. Fill out the car. Drop it in the bucket or the box on the way out, making sure that you're taking steps. Maybe it's baptism. Maybe it's joining a small group. Maybe it's serving. Maybe it's whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but for you, if there's something Communicate it to us so that we can reach out, so that we can pray with you. I'm so excited about this new day. This is not only Easter 2022 where Jesus was risen, it's the day where we've been risen. Amen? Praise God. Let's give him one more round of applause. Thank you. God bless you. You can go back to your seats. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Man, I want you guys to watch this clip. We're almost done. You can be seated. I want you to watch this clip of our series that starts next week. Watch this with me. How to win at relationships. Rule number one, avoid face-to-face conversation. When handling conflict, it's best to resort to childish forms of conflict resolution, such as name-calling, biting, yo mama jokes, or holding your breath until you pass out. If you really want to mend the relationship, block and unfriend them on all social media outlets and then send them a text with a smiley face emoji letting them know. Rule number two, embrace the awkward. This is an awkward moment, but under no circumstance should you recognize the awkwardness of said moment because that will just make the moment and the relationship more awkward. Just be cool and embrace the awkward. Rule number three, play the blame game and play to win. There's only one side to every story, your side. Just make sure that when you are pointing the finger at someone else that you use your entire hand to point so that you won't have three fingers pointing back at yourself. Relationships are like a game. But just remember, the easiest way to win the game is to be the only one playing. Games People Play. New series coming soon. Yeah. Man, I'm excited about that series. I'm excited about bringing a word to you about relationships. Everybody's in relationships, whether you're married or single, whether you're, you know, parents and children, that whole brother, sister, everything, neighbors, whatever it is, relationships are real and they're, they're sometimes a real struggle. I hope that you'll join us for the series, Games People Play, starting next Sunday. All right, Z, come on up. I'm excited for
for that next service. But what about those called to Christ? Come on, those testimonies, those transformed hearts. If you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning, I'm so proud of you. We're all proud of you. God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life and for your family's life. Amen. And we don't want you to walk the walk alone. This is about a brotherhood. This is about doing it together. So definitely pass by the next steps tent. Let them know I made a bold decision for Christ this morning. Amen. We want to put a Bible in your hand and we want to pray for you. So God bless you all that accepted today. How many of us have children that love to dress up? I know there's a lot. I know RC Kids is full. So listen, next week is an invitation for them to come dressed as princesses, pirates for our petting zoo event. We're going to be giving away some zoo tickets and we're going to be giving away, not the Easter bunny. We're going to be giving away this cutie pie squishmallow. There's actually two of them. So come back next week because we're going to be, isn't it cute? I know. We're going to be raffling off two as well as a zoo ticket so you don't want to miss it. Bring a friend. Bring a primito, la primita. Just bring the niece and nephew next week. Um, and if you're ready, you came prepared to give to Renew, there's three ways that you can give to Renew. The first is in the envelope in the seat pocket in front of you, and you could give that to an usher. The second is through renew.miami forward slash giving. And the last is by texting the word give to 305. Five, I'm sorry, 786-565-1165. Amen. Now here's the moment we've all been waiting for. Who's excited for the helicopter egg drop? I know, and I've seen it, and I'm excited for it this morning. But we have some really important RC Kid pickup information and some instructions for the field. So if you have children that are in the toddler or baby area, pickup is in the hallway as usual and if you have elementary age children pickup for them is inside the worship center right here at this door there's going to be an adult dismissing your children make sure you have your sticker right next to um, the screen we're going to have three sections outside all the way to the left is kindergarten and first grade and the center is second and third grade and all the way to the other side is fourth and fifth grader. If you have a child that's four years of age or younger, we have a special area right behind the church in the fenced-in area. Amen. The most, 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 most important instruction for the helicopter egg drop is that we need to wait until the helicopter has dropped all the eggs and cleared out of the area because it's a safety concern. If we rush the field, they leave with our Easter eggs. So I don't want that to happen. I don't have to have to run to Publix and get some extra eggs. So wait until the volunteers give you the go ahead to go. In the meantime, you know, take out the camera, take as many pictures as you can and enjoy it. Amen. Thank you for coming to Renew for Easter. God bless you and we'll see you next week. You pick me up, you turn me around.